Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to this week's episode of the My Love of Golf podcast. Thanks for joining us wherever you are around Australia or around the world. Really do appreciate you taking the time out of your day, your week, your month to tune in to Scott and myself, Ross Lanigan, Scott Carter, about to join us in a second as we digest all of the golf that's come past our eyes and ears over the last week and what we've been up to personally in the world of golf. Let's get Scott and talk about this week and everything else that's happening in our world of golf. Thanks for joining. the uh, second part of the dynamic duo that is my love of golf podcast. Thanks for joining us uh, again. I uh, appreciate you coming back every week uh, after the negotiations that happen uh, in advance of uh, the recording. Uh, thank you for uh, you and your management. Thanks for having us back. Oh, no problem at all, Roscoe. I'm fresh off a Swifty concert, mate, so I'm revved up, ready to go. It's heating up here in Melbourne. It's uh, The summer's heating. And, uh, yeah, Melbourne has been Swiftified and we are good to go. I was going to suggest that maybe you might have been definitely maybe the only golf podcast, you know, person of any serious notoriety um, to, to, to go to a Swifty concert. Uh, do, do we need to redo that bit, mate? Or like, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm fully pumping up. Yeah, it's time somebody else got pumped up here other than just me pumping myself up. No. Uh, people are over that already years ago. Uh, no, I was just wondering if there was any other um, golf podcasting uh, host slash co-hosts uh, out there that did uh, venture to one of the two hundred, three, almost 300,000, probably more than 300,000 people that went to see uh, Taylor Swift. Um, certainly there were some other golf-related people, some players some you know, golf industry uh, cohorts, some Golf Australia people there. Uh, there was a whole yeah, stack of people. Know. I don't know Didn't any other... Didn't see pod- James Sutherland there, so not sure if there's anyone from Golf Australia or his team. Um, I didn't see any other golf uh, podcasters there, but she was twirling. It must have well, been about a six iron up on stage there. I don't know if you saw that. Um, I did. In one of the, one of the scenes, so uh, good to see the golf... <laughs> Get a little bit of a rep, rep, representation up there with uh, with Taylor. No, it was good, excellent show, mate. I mean, so impressive uh, the whole thing. Ninety six thousand people in the G. I've never heard anything louder, Roscoe. I was at the Melbourne Demons and Collingwood Magpies um, final last year, and I thought that was incredibly loud when the Pies were yeah tooting their horns, but. Mate, the Swifties put them to shame. It was absolutely insane. The vibe, the 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 noise, the atmosphere. It was it was it was pretty cool for someone you know hasn't really been into much Taylor Swift and got a nine and a half year old little girl Lexi and and even my little fella Flinny is right into it at the moment. Um, it was pretty cool to see that and yeah, take them and have that experience. So we were very lucky. Uh, you must have had to queue up or sit online or camp online for hours to get those four tickets. No, of course you didn't. Connections, we're not going to say where the connections were, but certainly my no. golf connections were very uh, graciously able to, uh, you know, have you down there as, you know, I guess, yeah. of the associated uh, Taylor Swiftites. Um, that's not a boast because uh, I'm going to turn that that up into a whack. Uh, yeah. I didn't know Mrs. My Love of Golf was a closet Swifty. Um, 
I didn't know she that. She came and out. I didn't know that until I said, oh, Scott's at uh, Taylor Swift, uh, you know, he and his whole family there. At and she's like, what? How come you're not going to Taylor Swift? I said, well, <laughs> yeah, I'm not really a Swifty. You know, I didn't think you were either. I didn't know anything. Oh, well, I, I, I'd love to go to Taylor Swift. And uh, so I've been uh, ruining that and... Uh, I did see and then I did know because she pointed everything out about Taylor Swift over the three nights that it was on and because it was dominated yeah. the news as everyone, the whole world knows. Um, but uh, she did tell me that Travis Kelsey uh, and Taylor Swift don't mind a bit of golf and did I know that? Did I know that oh. Taylor Swift and Travis were a bit of into a bit of golf? And I said, well, of course, everyone that's cool is into a bit of golf, you know, have a look, you know, like, <laughs> please. What do you, do you think we do this for, for fun? Um, yeah. No, joking, again. Uh, but, um, no, it was good to see... Uh, Golf represented on stage um, in one of whatever the Taylor Swift songs were. You might want to sing it for the guests. Can you sing? What's no, I think I'll save everyone's uh -huh. ears for that. They're probably absolutely sick and tired of my voice just talking every week, but uh, let alone singing. So let's let's park that. But um, but yeah, no, really good, mate. It, it was a great event. Um, as I said, ninety six thousand people there um, for the three nights. Just phenomenal turnout. Huge. Uh, if you are a podcaster, Arty, and you did go, uh, I know Ginger Ninja from the uh, Mile of Golf um, uh, in a Sanctum uh, was there with his family, drove all the way down from Stall, uh, did the whole merch thing, fantastic. He, I mean, we'll have to have Ginger Ninja yep. on very soon and uh, catch up with him about all his other golf stuff soon. But um, yep. thank you to the connections there. I uh, really do appreciate you looking after, uh, uh, you know, one of Australian podcasts, uh, you know, Rising Stars, Scott Carter oh and goodness. the fam. No. <laughs> uh, very good. Uh, right, right place at the right time, mate. I think that's what happened. Uh, but, yeah, very, very, very um, fortunate, lucky, appreciative, grateful. That's for sure. Uh, now, there was one other thing uh, that I wanted to have a quick chat about because, as we always like to do, is chat about our own worlds of golf uh, in the yep. Mile of Golf um, podcast build-up to talking about the week of golf. Uh, I caught up with Jamie Glazier this morning. We recorded another episode of the Let's Talk segment series uh, in the Mental Mastery Golf podcast. Um, you yep. were a guest on that. How has your golf been? You've got golf day tomorrow. You've had some golf last week. How's your golf been? And are you getting any benefits? Can you see any tangible results from uh, the podcast and the exercises that uh, you went through with Jamie on that podcast? Yeah, absolutely. I can, mate. Um, through both scores, are a bit more consistent and also just enjoying the game. Um, I'm really making use of the the exercises that he gave me. So that one where like vision, uh, I've got the visions around like the, the leaf floating past lying on a lake. So I won't go in and do the whole thing right now, but super helpful to just like, I guess, acknowledge that some, some of those thoughts that were coming into the, into the mind during the game. Um, so doing that before the game and, and, you know, even at night and I must say, mate, like it's helping me fall asleep fast and deeply um, every night. So that's been super good. Uh, but also like out on the course, whereas, you know, in the past I would fight those thoughts and try and push them away and use a lot of mental energy to try and block those thoughts out about, you know, the, the, the winning, the victory, the three birdies in a row, the celebrations, like all of that stuff that I was imagining in my head um, that was never coming to fruition, by the way. Um, but today I acknowledge it, I... Just go, okay, yeah, that that would be nice. That's a lovely thought, but you can just kind of keep on moving past. Thank you very much. I'm going to just go and play this this next golf shot. Um, that has 
really, really helped me uh, stay calm, stay focused and and just stay, I guess, grounded um, throughout the round. So really, really finding those two exercises super helpful. Um, and, yeah, 36 points at Kingston Heath there last week, last Thursday. Um, loved playing that course, a super challenging course. Um, you've got to be strategic around that course and just really enjoy that challenge. And, um, yeah, 36 points. I think that's the best score I've posted at Kingston Heath the few times I've played it. And it was a ton of fun. Um, so, you know, in the week before I had 35 points, I think at Spring Valley. So, um, getting some consistency back in it, mate, it's been a lot of fun too. Kingston Heath is a gettable course, you know, like you can score mm. well around there, but the key to scoring well at Kingston Heath is it obviously goes with that saying, but <clears throat> there's an extra challenge there. You've got to keep it in play off the tee. Some of those shorter par fours, you know, cause there's a bit of trouble left and right. And even the longer yep. ones can catch you out. Those blind dog legs, don't ask me to remember the whole numbers, but they can catch you out if you're a little bit skew with with your alignment if you haven't been there for a while. So to score well around there is a, is a real coup. Um, it means that you got the ball away and, you know, down the chute really well and then let the rest yep. of your game uh, do the work. So well done on that. Uh, no, thank you, mate. Not a lot of golf for me. I did have a mm. bit of the farewell tour, uh, the Flanagan farewell tour, you know, good. Sad as well, you know. We had our last also ninety six thousand people in attendance each time. Uh, that's tomorrow night at the Drum and Golf uh, Annual Awards. Will I make my final appearance and hopefully the final speech? Uh, uh, Big Swing Golf uh, Melbourne's up for an award, so we're trying oh, to make good it. Good luck, a, mate. Trying to make it a trifecta of franchise of the year for the Big Swing Golf. I don't want to moz that, and hopefully, if I have it, already haven't. But uh, yeah, no, it's the final one, and uh, yesterday was the final. Uh, Drum and golf golf day that I'll attend. Uh, I haven't played for the last few years. It was at PK uh, yesterday, so I don't need to attend. So got out on the video camera and just take a few videos and that of all of my colleagues and try and make something up uh, that gets sent out to them as a little bit of a memento of the day. So, yeah, yep. it's all starting to become very real. It's uh, not too much longer. We'll, uh, I'll be able to drive out that driveway whenever I want and uh, there'll be a time very soon that I'll drive out for the last time for a long time. Um, so all those sorts of things uh, happening. I did have uh, a very enjoyable uh, about 10 holes of golf and I posted a picture of it and I just want to you know, reflect on that. Post a picture of sitting down on the balcony at uh, PK with Stephen Britton. He and I went out and had a catch-up. He spends uh, February here. He's a Frankston boy but, of course, Director of Agronomy at uh, Chevy Chase Club in uh, Washington, um, thereabouts. Okay. Big club over there, big private club, all that sort of thing. You know, Frankson Boy done really well in the world of agronomy. Very well connected over there to Andy Johnson, uh, uh, all those guys. You know, he's a very sought-after uh, confidant in the world of turf uh, for those guys. Yeah. So I got nine holes, ten holes of him uh, in, which got caught up. It's great. Always great to pick his brain. Loves the south course at PK. I'm on a bit of a south co course, uh, ven not vendetta, but uh, trying to pump it up because I think it's got a – needs to have a better perception, a better position that it does get. I think that's fantastic. Anyway, that's yep. another, another story. But uh, we were sitting there and we we're about to leave and these four young fellas walk off the 18th North and they all start saying, oh, g'day, Brito, g'day, Brito, g'day, Brito. Well, it was, it was Mitchell Driver who works on staff down there, probably uh, guest number 25 of the My Love of Golf podcast. Stephen Britton's been on the My Love of Golf podcast before. So 
Mitchell Driver used to work with Stephen Britton and then Mitchell's playing with another young fellow who works at Sandhurst who also used to work with Stephen Britton at a different time. So those guys have all worked together and then they're playing with two young uh, greenskeepers from Royal Melbourne East and West teams and Stephen had worked with both of their bosses at various times and I just went round the – I took a photo and didn't think much of it and, you know, I posted it and I went through and listed the courses that that group of young men had all worked on and I sit back and I think, oh, my goodness, you know, like they're mm. just five – what was it, five young fellows from Australia and yep. had worked on all of the best courses in the world from the old course at St Andrews to Glen Eagles to North Berwick to TPC courses in uh, in the States, congressional, major champion. It's just f- phenomenal to sit down. I was thinking, oh, how lucky am I to be able to sit here and just call these, all these fellas friends and yep. uh, pick their brains about uh, agronomy and um, why this is like that and why, does that, why is this looking like this and the grass difference between here and Royal Melbourne and what does he think is best and the greens and why. Uh, very, very lucky and, you know, as I, I guess what I'm trying to say is as I reflect on all this stuff that I'm probably not going to get to see as much of in Australia, hopefully translates into different experiences in Scotland, uh, really lucky and just a shout out to Stephen. Always great to catch up with him. He's always very keen to catch up and have a hit and talk some golf and some grass and all of that stuff. But yeah, just sitting with those young fellas, they're just all knockabout fellas drinking beer. And uh, I said, "Do you yeah. folks ever think about how much experience you've had here?" And they go, oh, yeah, yeah, we know that, but you know, we just get out there and get it done." And uh, yeah, that's a probably probably the right idea and probably why the Australians are so well known and so well liked yeah. on turf teams all around the world. Uh, shout out to all those fellas. Uh, That's such an Aussie saying. It's such an Aussie kind of um, approach to it, isn't it? Well, just get out there and get it done, mate. No, don't think about it. Just get it done. Just do it. Just get shit done. Yeah. Um, There was was a young fellow from North Berwick uh, who lived there. He's a young fellow, RNA scholar. And I said, what's an RNA scholar? And basically when you become an RNA scholar in in the turf management sort of side of it, you know, you – it's like maybe I'm going to misquote, but it's like a golden ticket. If there's an RNA venue hosting an RNA event, obviously, you can nominate to say, I want to go down there and volunteer at Lytham St Anne's or Hoy Lake or wherever an RNA event is. If you want to go down there and you get released from your work, off you go and you go down there and you're you know, basically responsible for helping out but promoting the benefits of the RNA and the turf management and everything else that they do uh, to help the world of golf. Um, just a young fella and you know, I don't know how he got to become an RNA scholar but uh, I think he told me but I forget. It might have been because he worked at a couple of the RNA events uh, in and around East Lothian but uh, amazing, amazing, amazing sort of stuff. Uh, imagine being able to go to just stick your hand up and go and work on the teams at any of the uh, Opens that are RNA yeah. uh, endorsed all around the world. Oh, that'd be pretty fun if you're into uh, turfology. Um, very good. Scott, uh, enough of that. Um, I might have a game of golf tomorrow actually with uh, World Superbikes this weekend. You know, I'm an ex-motorcycle madman. Um, yep. It's only been 25 years since I rode a motorcycle last time at Phillip Island. It's the home of the World Superbikes this weekend. There'll be at least 25 or 30,000 mad motorcyclists down there. They've probably all jumped on like Taylor Swift has, jumped on golf. I know two of them have. The Alex and Sam Lowe's twins. First time they've been racing in the premium class of World Superbikes together. 
Sam Lowe's last year, MotoGP2. Alex Lowe's has been on the team Kawasaki for a number of years. I've played both with golf with them both separately, never together. Tomorrow's going to be challenging. You know why? Because they're twins and they're identical, of the most identical nature. I, my father was an identical twin. He looked very much <laughs> like my Uncle Tommy, but they live worlds apart. These guys, I'm going to have them on a golf course exactly the same and they look identical. But looking forward to catching up with them tomorrow uh, for a game of golf before they uh, head out there and do battle against each other on um, for their respective teams this weekend. At, uh, well, I hope Island. they wear the same kit tomorrow, mate. I hope they, wear, they both wear the same clothes and really confuse you. Mate, uh, I've... Uh, they're, they're identical and, you know, I played with them like a year apart and like, they told the same jokes and they sounded the same. They, they, they both have uh, assistants, you know, like uh, team assistants that go with them and both those guys, they just hang out with them and do the stuff that they need done, whether it's tickets, yep. whether it's helmets, whether it's leathers, whether it's luggage, whether it's whatever, bikes, tyres, drinks, you name it, these guys do. But they've essentially become very good friends and uh, both of their assistants play golf. And uh, the, the the jokes were the same. Yeah, you know, they take the piss out of the, their assistants exactly the same way. So anyway, it's going to be a bit of fun. Um, anyway, enough of that. What I'm doing, big deal. Many people say big deal. Let's yep. talk about the uh, the golf, the, uh, well, the the genesis, the big deal, the genesis, yeah, the big the, uh, the genesis, the big Hideki. Didn't say the big that. Hideki, mate. He's the, he's we broke the record for is uh, the most prolific Asian-born player on the PGA Tour with nine nine wins now. So, um, so it takes that mantle. I think that I read there that was pretty important to him. It was a special kind of uh, record for him to break. So, super proud of that. But he had a blistering round in the final round, mm. sixty-two Roscoe to win by three. I mean, he started six behind. So he, he absolutely came from behind, chased down uh, Cantlay and Xander, who kind of stumbled and got out of his way, um, and and he won by two over over Willie. Oh, sorry, um, yeah. So a couple by a couple over Willie Zalatoris. So one by two, not three. Um, and uh, yeah, eighteenth win worldwide. So racking up the Ws now. Hideki's a couple of years without one, um, but to get the Genesis big event. Um, signature event, four million bucks in the pocket. Thank you very much. Um, absolutely great win for the young man. Didn't see it coming either. Like no, <laughs> uh, he was like triple digit sort of odds there in the in the betting or uh, thereabouts. Not that again. I not that I follow oh, I much. Didn't check that. Not That's that I follow crazy. much, but I just had a little bit of a squizzy boo and uh, someone. I'm sure some people cleaned up on on Hideki, and if he did, well done. I tell you, who probably if he is a betting man, we don't know because uh, we don't know who he is. He didn't leave us a voice message. He, we are, it's an invite for him to come on, and we'll talk about Teeps <laughs> in a minute. But Carl Gratiers, the number <laughs> the one, Groda. number one on, in the Teeps the charts with a bullet, just pulled out the magical Hideki Matsuyama tip. Uh, the, man, the man is is a savant. Uh, he's on fire. Any other superlative that uh, explains and demands greatness, uh, commands greatness. Sorry. Uh, Carl Gratiers, um, you are it. Uh, well done to you. Uh, Hideki yeah. Masayama, yeah, no, I wouldn't have picked that at the start of the week. but um, Well, even the start of the day, Roscoe, <laughs> correct. you wouldn't have picked it. Nine under. Behind a, he was he, off to a cracking start. He, birdie, birdie, birdie start. Have you ever started birdie, 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 Roscoe? That'd be fun. I think I have. Um, finish, oh, you fin- have. Finish, okay. Probably finish Fair with enough. 40. Probably finish, <laughs> I'd probably finish with 42 for the front nine. I definitely have started birdie, birdie, birdie. <laughs> I definitely have. And it's gone 
like bogey, bogey, double bogey. Like, yeah, uh, I can't touch, I can't touch that greatness for too long because I know that it's going to whip me. So I just rather, I'm happy with a par, 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 par. And if I can get a par in the middle of the round somewhere, a couple of pars in the middle of the round, then whatever else happens after that, uh, it's in the lap of. Just hang on. It's in. Just hang on. Uh, birdie, birdie, birdie is just recipe for disaster for me. I hope it's not for anyone listening. Well, Hideki did it on the front nine and then again on the back nine. Yeah, 10, correct. 11, 12, birdie, Unbelievable. birdie, birdie. Unbelievable. So, um, but then, yeah, that back nine, uh, just having a look at the few of the things that he that he did. So he drained a 46-footer on the 12th um, and I think that gave him a share of the lead at the time. So he climbed, you know, those six shots by the 12th um, and then just started absolutely flagging it. He hit it to eight inches on 15, six inches on 16 and then four feet on the seventeen to um to make those those birdies and and yeah no one was going to catch him from there so uh poor old Xander and Cantlay um each stumbled Cantlay had plus one in that final round he won't be very happy with that uh, but apparently he wasn't very well Roscoe there was a few people unwell we'll come back to that in a mm. second but uh maybe the in and out burgers were not the right choice of uh of food cut but um and yeah Xander was in the final group with him um, also had minus one, but could not, uh, could not, could not catch him. But uh, how good is it to see Willie Zalatoris yeah. back in the mix and on the course and playing well? I mean, it hasn't taken him long to get up and you know get back to playing at that level he was at a couple of years ago before he had that that back injury. So um, he really is showing us that he is he, he is of the class, you know, that that deserves to be in in the mix in majors and and big time events. Um, but what a what a recovery from injury! I mean, so so good to see him back, and that he's got the big broomstick putter going, and um, the stroke looks fairly solid, I guess. Um, so he must have a ton of confidence, and we're what a month out, you know, a bit more than a month out from from the Masters. So who knows, Roscoe? Uh, I wouldn't. If you wanted to bet Willie Zaratoris from the Masters, you know, probably a week, too, obviously a week too late. Um, but mm. uh, it was great to see. I like the young man. I don't know the young man, but, uh, you know, he's just an honest golfer, great golfer. And, uh, you know, I like the his quirky look in terms of, you know, very slight of stature. I love, yep. the, I love the slight stature golfers that absolutely hit it a mile and absolutely play golf really well up against the, the big beefcakes like the Brookses and the, and the yeah. uh, Johnsons and all of that sort of thing. So I, I, I like him for the polar opposite of type, I guess, if you want to sort of say that. Uh, but I also like him from some of the things I've heard from uh, a good friend, Josh Ralston. Uh, yes. Josh is... Golfing Scotland. Golfing Scotland uh, here in Australia at the moment. Did a great talk, I believe, uh, which I couldn't go to at uh, Metropolitan last night on his subject matter, uh, Saudi's influence in golf and, and the whole reason why some of this... Uh, stuff that we see from the PIF and, and live and, and why that exists and just he's very knowledgeable and scholarly on that and is writing papers on it and has published many articles about all of that. Only person I know that can speak uh, Gary but fluently, so he's just very knowledgeable. But anyway, he went to the same university as uh, Will, um, Will's former manager, uh, Will's manager, sorry, so he knows those guys very well. And I think maybe over the weekend that Will sent uh, Josh's daughter a message just uh, wishing her all the best down there down under in Australia so really? very not, when you hear something like that uh, I can only want the best for the young man and uh, yeah. hopefully uh, I'll get to see him play at the Scottish Open or something like that uh, around there so uh, yeah, yeah very good anyway yeah. Um, seems like one of the good guys that yes. is for sure 
I uh, couldn't give a tinkers um, about Patrick Cantlay and his demise uh, over the weekend. Um, still doesn't engender me as one of the golfers that I really want to get behind and support. No, um, it was looking like a bit of a snooze fest there, to be honest, Roscoe. But uh, but then when, when I saw that he hadn't moved and everyone had caught him, there was about six guys on 14 under at one point, and I thought, oh, this could get bloody interesting here. Um, so, but then, but then it wasn't with Hideki <laughs> leaving them for dead. Uh, but that was actually very interesting watching him play that. But uh, but yeah, I agree. Mark Cantlay's a bit boring, so um, that's okay. We talked about the cut. Um, we talked about the cut last week, and you reminded me mm. that there was a special formula, the Tiger Tiger formula for uh, the cut of this event. I don't know if it's the Tiger formula or not, but uh, yep. it's the top fifty, top, top fifty, and then uh, anyone within, within 10. ten shots. So there was still a whole uh, chunk of people that missed that, uh, you know, you might have thought might have been there on the weekend. Uh, Keegan, Matt Kuchar, he probably didn't think Matt Kuchar is going to be there. Uh, Matty Fitz um, missing the cut. Sam Ryder, Justin Thomas, um, yeah. Grayson Murray. Yeah, we know, okay, whatever. But um, <laughs> uh, the ones that didn't yeah. miss the cut. J- JT, Wyndham Clark, Nick Nick Dunlap missed the cut. Yep. Tiger went home sick. Jordan tried to cheat. It was all happening. <sighs> well, they're the two that... That probably in that didn't play of the weekend um, that everyone was talking about the most. So obviously, Tiger, mm. you know, using the event, using his event to promote the launch of the new Sunday Red, uh, which got the whole world talking. You know, we talked about it at length last week. Uh, thanks to um, a couple of messages that we got saying they enjoyed the chat about the apparel and uh, a little bit of a deeper mm. insight from a retail perspective, from your perspective. Uh, oh, cool. Really enjoyed that. Um, but yeah, no, I think Tiger launched his brand and then just uh, took off, didn't he? Or, or was it the, the genuinely, genuinely sick? No, I think he was. Uh, I think he was pretty crook. Yep. Um, influenza confirmed or something? I'm not sure, but uh, but no, he looked pretty crook. Um, a couple of other guys looked pretty crook as well. Look, uh, Tommy Kim was in a bit of strife there. I don't know if you saw that video. He was <laughs> running. He almost missed his tea time. Is that is that um, actually called running? I don't want to be nasty to Tom Kim. Well, <laughs> it was a shuffle. It was a little. Well, okay. <laughs> we'll get some video of Ross doing a hundred meter sprint any day now. No problems. No problems. <laughs> Wait for age. Wait for age. I'll take Tom Kim on any day. <laughs> uh, dear. Yeah. No. But uh, as I said, my In and Out Burger food cart was there. Maybe not the greatest choice. I don't mind an In and Out Burger, but geez, it can go through you pretty quick. <laughs> uh, let's not let's not go down the In and Out uh, route there. <laughs> Uh, dear, I've never had one uh, by the sounds of it. Um, yeah, anyway, uh, Jordan Spieth, DQ. Yeah. I'm filthy. DQ. Absolutely Put filthy. down for a birdie when he had a par. What a cheat. What? How silly. No, I'm kidding. How silly. Like, yeah, pretty silly, isn't it? Just a silly mistake, but that's it, mate. That's the rules. You've got to, you've got to write the right number down and put the, put the put the correct scorecard in. So what's the story there? Like there's been a whole, obviously, the people are saying – it's a dumb rule. They shouldn't get disqualified for having incorrect cards in this day and age because of TV, shot link, etc. walking scorers, you know, 87 people there watching every shot. They shouldn't be allowed to be penalised for making a mistake when there's so many people that should otherwise be accountable. Yeah, not really buying uh, that. You know, golf's a pretty simple game. You have a score. Yeah. You count all of them. You mark it on a bit of paper. You add it up at the end. Um you know, if you're like me, sometimes a little bit slow with the numbers. It might take you an extra couple of minutes to add it up. And then you hand it in and you sign it. Uh, yep. You don't even have to put it through a computer or anything like that. Did he rely on, like, the walking scorers and then just quickly fill something in, take off, 
for you know in and out reasons and then come back and hand the wrong card. Like, I'm are, not sure. Do they do they actually walk? Do they actually score every shot like on a card at the end of the hole? Hey, what did you have, Scott? I had a five, Ross. What did you have? I had a three, Scott. Okay, great. What did you have in the last? Uh, I can't remember. I didn't have a bogey, Ross. I haven't marked. Um, I haven't marked the last four. Oh, I've been too into my yeah. own stuff. Yeah, that's usually how it goes. Yeah. You get to the ninth. Oh, I've got you on oh, seventeen. Really, I've got fourteen. Yeah. Okay. Uh, do, um, do they do that, or do they just get to the end and go five, four, three, two? Now someone hands them that little bit of paper. I'm always intrigued by the little sliver of paper. Yeah. That they seem to pull out. Someone else. Might, I, I thought they. I thought they marked it as they went hmm. and wrote it down and kept score. Could be wrong. I don't know. Okay. Well, that was my assumption. It's a very silly mistake for Jordan to make. You know, he's done it, it a is, thousand mate. million times. And, and we've and got to. We've got to keep it. Like you can't take that away from, you know, the game of golf. Like and that, that's just like making everything a bit too automatic and and easy. You got to have some responsibility to you know put the right scorecard in and and keep track of what's happening and uh, make sure you put the right number down. Like that's that's just I don't know. It's it's pretty simple. All for technology in the game. All for technology being in the game to improve the game visually entertainment wise all of the other things but for the basic you know premise of golf and the tenets of the rules and all that sort of thing just it's not mm. hard a technology shouldn't need to be used to uh but anyway it happens jordan's not the first one he won't be the last and signing yep. scorecards and doing stuff like that but anyway his mistake and it cost me big time it sure did jeepers weepers i had him picked in the tape so he wasn't going that great, but uh, he wasn't, you know, I was, I was going to get a return from uh, Jordan. Yep. Uh, and then instead got zero, nothing. Really, really upsetting. Very disappointing, mate. Bad look for the PGA Tour to have that star do that as well. But, but yeah, uh, I'm just having, having a quick look here to see how many people actually picked him um, and missed out on that. Quickly having a look here, a lot of no picks. Oh, only a couple, Roscoe. Once again, mate, your influence on your tips is just not, it's not very strong. Here, yeah. mate. Michelle Lloyd. Michelle. Michael. Michael Lloyd. <laughs> Michelle tipped Tiger Woods. Michael. It's not Michelle. It's Michael. Have you a look at yourself, Michael. He's the greatest, pa greatest painter. Look at this room. On. Look at this room here, Scott. See this room that I'm standing in, the studio, otherwise known as the yeah. third bedroom? Uh, yeah. He painted. Michael painted this room. Did he? he? You know, yeah. He's, he's Melbourne's greatest golfing painter. Yeah. Good painter but cannot tip. <laughs> no, <laughs> he takes it very Probably just getting a bit caught up in emotions. And I, I, I understand that. I understand that. He takes it very seriously. Uh, anyway, um, back up to who is streaking away, Carl, oh, Carl Gutierrez. We want, we want you, Carl. We want you on. We want you on and we want to know the secrets. Yep. And, uh, you yeah, know, just to think the likes, he's got Hideki to pick again. He's got all these players oh. to pick again. I, I, I'm... He's out in front, Roscoe, by $5.3 million. Well, So that that's a fair gap uh, this early. There's still plenty of time. There's still plenty of big money events. And we've got that feature there where if your player you pick does finish in that top five, you do get to retain that player and use it again. So I think the, that feature and the amount of signature events obviously will um, make it a little bit, um, you know, there's more opportunity to chase people down. So so we're, we're not out of it. Uh, but the Groder is definitely out in front and uh, and has a great lead at this time of the season. So... And, yeah, we've got Ben the Hack is at 2.5 mil. Uh, D Vader at just under 2.2. Jamie Woolley at just under 2 million. And Teepster HQ, uh, another nine grand further back at 1.981. Rounds out the top five. So those guys and girls all within a shot. Everyone's still within a shot, but they're the ones doing the best. I just run down the Teepster uh, 
leaderboard there and just uh, I'm going to pick out uh, a couple at random. It's always nice to see. I don't think we've had it before, but obviously Morgie and Mrs. Morgie, I think I know who they are. Uh, shout out to Chris if it is you, Chris. Um, we've got a couple. We've got a couple teeps string together. You know what they say, the couple of teeps that's together, you know, wins together. Um, it's great to see a couple. Miss, great. Miss, Mr. Morgie and Mrs. Morgie. Uh, yep. Well done. Um, Sitting right above the rocket man there. Yes. Uh, there's, there's, look, there's a lot of familiar names in there. We love them playing along. A couple, yeah. more, couple more thoughts on, on last week, Roscoe, because yeah. uh, we didn't shout out Jason Day. So he's playing great golf. Um, so Jay Day finished in ninth, just had an average day on Sunday, uh, shooting plus one and dropped four spots. But he continues to to show some form, so um, that's great news for him. We had uh, Adam Scott as well at T19, so not too bad of a result. My tip was Scotty Scheffler last week, so he was in at T10. Um, worst, putter, again, worst putting stats on in the Roscoe, event. Roscoe, Roscoe, first in stats, T to green. And last in in the, the stats for putting, so again, mate, another week where if he could putt, he would have won. And Probably would have won. Yeah, that was Hideki's big difference between some of his previous events was the change in his uh, putting stats. Uh, clearly, you get the ball in the hole quicker off the uh, the wand. Uh, you're going to you know rise up the leaderboard. Yes, yeah, yeah, he'll figure it out. Yeah. He'll figure it out. As we said last week with Paul, it's like would pretty surprising that he's not trying something drastically different to what he normally does um, to try and figure it out. But let's see, he might come out and surprise us and, and do that and uh, and sink a million. Um, yeah, Cam Davis started very hot. Mm. I don't know if it was he, no, he wasn't first round re- leader, but he was one or two off after round one, but then really fell away. And I thought it was interesting, Roscoe. So when Tiger's not around, who's the main man? Like who, who, we, all, who we all hearing about, seeing everywhere? It's Rory. When Tiger was around, and yeah, okay, Rory didn't play very well, but we, we didn't hear or see anything of Rory all week. And I just thought that was, yeah, that was interesting and he plays second fiddle when the big cat's around. Makes sense uh, in some ways, but I guess it was just uh, interesting to see that, mate. Have some of the American golf press gone a little bit away from Rory, you know, with his continued press for you know this globalization of a, of a world tour seems to be the support that he has for taking the best players to some of the best opens formerly known as the best opens around the world is, is he being a little bit sort of pushed away you know out of the pack and all that sort of stuff that we all know from a while ago is is that part of that or or no you know he's still the human, I don't human, know, head, I don't human know headline just, he, just I, overshadow. Yeah, I don't know whether he had the vaccine how many boosters he had or anything I don't want to buy any conspiracy theories here Roscoe about the corrupt golf media or anything like that to see the path you're going down there mate but uh yeah no I hey I, I don't know <laughs> but but look hey that's interesting I mean you you didn't really feature in any of the media throughout the week no um I mean, he obviously did his press conferences at the start of the week, but uh, it was definitely all about Tiger and all about Jordan and, the, and that error that he made for most of the week and weekend. Uh, you mentioned Jason Day. Uh, I think the the Melbourne mm, you know fit is better, starting it? to you know the fit look is the fit check is pretty good. Yep. I thought it was pretty good from Jason. I thought he looked great. And in hindsight, that all over print pant that he wore in that first week that got everyone talking and. 50% of people bagging it and 50% of people going, oh, that's interesting, what is that, um, got everyone's attention. Mm. And so now everyone's checking his fit out every single week and it's getting better. He was even wearing some joggers there um, uh, with an elastic 
um, ham at the bottom. So, yeah, that was he's had some great fits. I, I think he's looking very sharp. Also saw that Ryan Ruffles has been added to the Melbourne staff, another ex-Nike guy. But I think, yeah, Ryan Ruffles is probably more the the person um, that people, the type of person that you would that a lot of people would have expected Melbourne to to partner with, apart from Jay Day. But Jay's Jason's, I think, doing a tremendous job. Um, for the brand and looking fresh, playing great golf um, and looking quite chill. So good on him. Uh, it's interesting when you brought that to my attention about uh, Brian Ruffles signing as the another ambassador for Melbourne. Great young golfer, great looking young man, you know, like Model S type, um, you know, striking features. Probably fits yep. in, as you said, that sort of Melbourne vibe that they're going after. But there's one thing missing in uh, Ryan Ruffle's profile, and that's the lack of playing on a tour. Uh, he, Where are you he, playing? Yeah. He's home, you know, I think he's currently homeless uh, tour-wise. So that's a that's an interesting strategy to go with someone who fits so much of that strategic criteria, but mm. then you know isn't out there week in week out um, wearing it on some form of uh, tour where you're getting some form of uh, coverage and eyeballs so interesting to to sort of pick that apart but um if he's on a brochure and all that he's going to look fantastic in that gear no questions at all Uh, roscoe was it was it just the most previous vic open that he came down and played or was that last year it wasn't the one that we were at it was the other one the year before so the, the year before um, I don't know. I mean, I wonder. There's obviously a very good reason, and you know, I don't, I don't know anything about the decision making or why. But if he if he doesn't have a home, then you know, like, was an option to come down here for the summer and play the Australasian tour and and try and get his DP World Tour card through those three spots that are on offer. Like, is that a path that he could have come down and tried to go down, or 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 not? Like, does he would he have needed all of the sponsor exemptions to play in the tournaments down here even which he probably would have got but um yeah is he a member of this tour i, I, I don't know but i don't believe i don't believe so been great to see him down here don't believe so and i you know i i don't know i can't answer that you know maybe that reality of that one card being more valuable than the other two cards that are dished out here you know you, you see um, he Tommy doesn't have any card. Yeah, no card but you know like the, even as i said the other week listen to tommy sort of analyze what his next moves are with the DP yeah. World Tour card versus, you know, is he better off going to America, being near a coach, Monday qualifying, trying to do some other things, you know, maybe getting an invite here or there for some level of, you know, status pick for Corn Ferry or something like that versus, you know, the more limited starts on a DP World Tour. Is he better off doing that? So, you know, maybe Ryan sort of would analyse that, analyse it that way being better to be in and around all of that sort of scene and trying yep. to do what he was doing. I don't know. I, it's a total guess. I have that with no authority and it's just a total guess. But um, I can only imagine, but he didn't come and play the, here this summer at all. So um, that was mm. last summer. Um, yeah. Anyway, right, good luck. I'm looking forward to seeing Ryan Ruffles. Uh, and be the, great uh, to see him doing the yeah, check. kick on and, and, and play. He was obviously um, a top talent and... Uh, yeah, for a lot of reasons, it'd be great to see him representing Australia out there and and playing on a tour and um, you know in, having another kind of brother and sister doing well. Um, in, duo doing well. In fairness to Ryan, if you you know want to know a little bit more, go and sort of check it all out. But he it has had a lot of setbacks with injury over the last few years. So yeah, you know it's it's not totally just. 
play. It's there's been a bit of injury there, which we know is a real thing. Um, it is you know will impact the people's progress, but he has had you know, the broken disc and all of the back problems and things like that. So anyway, I'm yep. um, looking forward to seeing him decked out in some Melbourne and looking what that yeah. bit looks like. Yeah, nonetheless, he's, he's going to look very cool. Uh, okay, what have we got next, uh, Scott, on the uh, rundown sheet? Well, mate, it's a bit of a quiet week this week in Mexico. We've got Mexico opened in at uh, Vedanta Vallarta, uh, past 71, 7,500 yards. We've got big Tony Finau as the defending champ. Um, if you remember, he beat Johnny Rum down there last year. Um, but, yeah, he's in the field. We've got tons of Euros, tons of Corn Ferry players. The big the big names are Tony Finau, Nikolai Hoygaard, Emiano, Grillo, Foxy, Torbjorn Olison. Then we've got Bads and, and Harrison Endicott is uh, making a start in the US or on the PGA Tour in Mexico. So good luck to those guys. Um, yeah, I mean, feels like the kind of event Bads has gone okay. Maybe he can pull one out of the hat. Uh, one thing on that. Uh, your introduction of some of the names of some of the players playing there, Scott. Uh, I really do appreciate you going to the extra efforts there to get the the enunciations uh, right, put a little bit of colour sure. around that. Goes a long way. Uh, you know, I'm a very big stickler for putting a bit of putting a bit of life behind some of the names. Can can we hear the Emili- Emiliano Grillo again, please? Can I hear that again? Oh, Emiliano Grillo. I love it. I love it. I'm in. I'm in love with that. Thank you very much. Keep doing that. You're in charge of international player enunciations. Uh, this point forward, uh, everyone knows that listens in regularly. Knows I love that sort of stuff. So uh, very good. Uh, who are you going to pick? Tony Finau. Tony. Yeah, should get it done. But I'm going to hope to hell he, he, he top fives and gets a little bit of money, and I can still use him later yeah. on. But if he doesn't top five in this field, then I think he'd be very disappointed, and and, and so will I. Might be a Harrison Endicott week for me. You know, the, yeah, the, the, the token, yeah, also you know, good. pull the Aussie out or a Foxy. It might be a Foxy week. I did, did see uh, Foxy make a statement to uh, his New Zealand fans saying that he wouldn't be back for the New Zealand Open and clearly disappointed, but his priority has to be the PGA Tour because that's where he wants, you know, that's where he is and that's where he wants to stay. So I do not have an issue with that, that at all. Um, you know, if he had exemptions and all of that sort of thing, well, he probably does have more exemptions, I think. But, yeah, he's obviously trying to, you know, get re-ranks and all of that sort of stuff. I don't know. Yeah. You know like, who knows what it, what yeah, it is. But he's got to keep his card, doesn't he? And, and, like, this kind of event, if he can get he can get a good result in, in this yeah. event, um, then that'll go a long way. So, yeah, uh, he's always been a very big supporter of New Zealand golf and doing his best to get back and play and everything. So you can't begrudge him for, Correct. you know, his first year on the PGA Tour to really commit to it and give it a red-hot crack. So... Good luck to him. Well, I might have to pick Harrison Endicott and put my money where my mouth is and uh, and pick the uh, the Aussie uh, okay. this week. I'll just write that down, mate. Thank you very much. Yep. Okay. You know, my strategy is going nowhere thus far, so uh, the Aussie strategy uh, pulling that um, might have to uh, might be as good a chance as any for me this week. Uh, what else we got? We've got some uh, golf over in uh, Africa. Yeah. Kenya. Well, yeah, we had no DP World Tour. They no, had a buy. Yep. Um, in, in their season. And so, yeah, but they're in a, over in uh, magical Kenya. So uh, Tommy Powerhorn, you just mentioned him. He's over there in the field. Um, he's got God on the bag today, um, <laughs> this week. God. I saw on, on, his, on his stories Godfrey. just before. Godfrey. Uh, Godfrey, anyway. So good luck to Godfrey carrying Tommy Powerhorn's bag. Um, but they're over at the uh, Mutaga Golf Club in Nairobi. Um actually don't know whether you'd pronounce that Mutaga or... 
Mothaga. I might it might be Mothaga as I say that now. But I see, anyway, I it's see a past seventy one. I see a little bit of an I in there, just going on the theme. I see a bit of it might be Mataiga. 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 We'll clarify it. Nairobi. Okay. Nairobi. Mataiga. I don't know. I'm just gonna yep. say. Anyway, move on. Seventy two hundred yards. Looks pretty tree lined. Um, from what, what what we can see there, I saw a few picks from, again, uh, Mike Brown, friend of the program. So he's playing there in, in a G4D uh, tour stop happening this week as well. So good luck to Mike. Um, but, yeah, it looks, looks like an a interesting tree-lined course. So see how they go. Pretty, uh, I guess, so, you, you know, oh, how do you say it, Roscoe? An, an average field, a lot, a lot of the big Euro names, are over in the US or over in Mexico playing in that Mexico Open. So the the field is a little thin. We've got your mate George Jorge is the defending champ, actually. So um, so he's over there. And, yeah, Hoshino, Hoshino uh, and Fratelli are the two highest-ranked guys in that Race to Dubai uh, field. Yeah, the, the in the list, Race to, Dubai, Race to Dubai list that are in the field. Few Aussies in there, Connor McKinney and Hayden Barron, along with TPH. Good luck to, of course, you know, probably our favourite out of that group is TPH. Um, Springvale yep. member, Royal Melbourne member, podcast guest host, caddy. Um, yeah, so good luck uh, to the uh, Irish Australian. Very good. Uh, you got a tip, Roscoe? Who are you tipping? Um, You're going to go the Aussie one too, aren't no, you? I'm not, the, the, no, the, I won't. Uh, double up on the Aussies, mm. no? Mm. I'm actually, I'll actually go George. Back to back, B two B. George, back to back. Okay. Under no no authority. I've got no stats. You know, we need to. You know, need yep. No no backup. But other than uh, George, back to back. Where is George? Where is he in the list there? Is he is he there? Did Maybe you? I've misread my own notes here, Roscoe. And he's just the defending champion who's not actually there to defend. Are you we'll sure he's? Uh, well, there we go, Scott. Uh, I'm not. Might, I'm not sure. We're not sure. Might be not the first time that we've. <laughs> but if he was in there, <laughs> he'd, he'd probably win. Uh, um, we might in. have to return. Because <laughs> uh, George would probably be one of the ones that would be in. In uh, he would leave over in Mexico and go to Mexico, being that yeah, he it, would. It's an event over there. I don't think mm. George is playing, mate. Um, Alejandro Del Rey, Santiago Tario. Uh, Nacho Elvira, one of my other favourite names, uh, yeah. a heap of other Spaniards. Just not sure George is there. Manuel, All right, scratch Manuel. that. George is not in the field. <laughs> oh, Scott. Um, George Campillo is not there. I am going to go with Adrian Otegui. Speaking of the Spaniards, we will continue with the Spanish, Spanish theme and go with Adrian Otegui. Uh, okay. But I do also like someone who... We might have, I might have tipped the other week and wasn't there. <laughs> in the great tipping, not there um, theory. Uh, Tristan Lawrence is definitely there this week. I think I think he'll be featuring, but uh, I'm going to go with Adriano Otegui. Okay. Yep. Good. And, uh, mate, just while I'm here making that note, would you like to change your tip in Mexico to George? No. Because I can, can confirm he is in that field. Thank you very much. Three Mexico. <laughs> uh, thank you very much. Uh, George, yeah, George is there defending. No, he's not. George, he's yeah, in, well, in Mexico. Uh, no, I won't tip. No, I'll stick with you. I'll stick with. Uh, I reckon uh, my uh, Aussie tip strategy is better than George in okay. Mex- in Mexico. Pre- right. Pre- well, I'm going with. Who are you going I'm, with? I'm, I'm going with uh, Guido Migliosi. Oh yeah, yeah. The young Fine. Italian. Yep. He's won there before, mm. so. Uh, Gonna go with the fresh Nike guy. Okay, Guido's a bit hot and cold for me. He's great when he's great and 
bad when he's bad. But uh, good luck to uh, Guido Migliossi. Uh, very good. Um, yeah, and uh, the, good. G4, the G4D, I went to look at the results because they're actually playing at the moment. Mm. Uh, and there is uh, a couple of people that we know in the field. Obviously, Mike is one of those. Uh, can you see if you've got the scores there, the live scores for the G4D uh, as we speak? I wouldn't come up on the feed there before we uh, went to air. Yep. Okay, give me one second, mate. Kip Poppet, seven under. Yeah, he's leading the way, leading Lachlan Wood by, by five. So there's a couple of Australian um, connections right there. So Kip Poppet spends a lot of his summer in Australia, uh, works with Brandon Rave down at Metropolitan Golf Academy down there. Excellent golfer, just a really – I only met Kip maybe twice. Fantastic young man, excellent, excellent golfer. And uh, – Lachlan Wood, uh, a new full swing kit, uh, Australia ambassador. Just uh, I had to ship one up to him uh, before he jumped on the plane to go to Kenya because he wanted to take it over there and uh, put it into tournament prep mode straight away. So uh, Locke is over there. He's out of Harvey Bay. He's doing his traineeship out of there. He coaches at Harvey Bay and is obviously one of the top, uh, I think, top 10, top 20 ranked G4D uh, category golfers in the world. So he's obviously yep. got his invitation to uh, play on that tour and there he is. So good luck to Locke. He's, what, is, he finish, is he running second at the moment? Yeah, he's running second. Where's, so, where's he at? Um, he's what, four, three under, four under? He's he's two under. Yep. So, uh, yeah, he's five behind Kip. But then there's another gap of four shots between Lockie and Brendan Lawler. Um, and then a little bit further down, we've got Mike Brown. He's sitting at six over, so a couple yeah. of uh, a couple of rounds of three over each in rounds one and two. Unfortunately for the big guy. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think they got uh, two rounds or three rounds. Don't know. Uh, anyway, um, good luck to them if it's finished today. Good luck to all the guys. Uh, and good luck if they play tomorrow. Um, they should should know that, but we'll find out. Uh, okay. What's next? All right. So uh, yeah. Well, we had. Um, Dan Gale uh, come up with an absolutely clutch victory um, as up in the Hunter, wasn't it, for the PGA Tour of Australasia? So birdie on the last to uh, to make the win, to grab the win over Phoenix Campbell by one, and, and <laughs> the Kazuma Kabori rocket keeps on keeps on going. He finished third, uh, but yeah, great to see Dan Gale and that that part. I think the last few holes he he made some big putts and. Uh, um, it was the only one that was really in the mix that made birdies on the, the final six holes. So he absolutely came up clutch from behind and birdied 18 to win it. Great way to win it. I think when you see the support that uh, Daniel Gale gets across all of the podcasts that you, know, you, know, you follow from Australia, the 19th tee, the tee it up from us, uh, it's pretty clear indication of the type of person that he is he's very giving he's very open very friendly uh he's very gratitude oriented you know he absolutely loves all the support that he gets and he's a really easy bloke to support um just a nice fella to spend you know share a pizza with at doc in mornington uh got some great stories and just 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 knows who he is and where he's at and where his golf game's at and he's fairly confident in his ability because and so he should be because he can play golf you can, you can be one of the people that might say he's got a, a, a funky golf swing. Uh, it, it's it's an interesting move at the start, but when he gets it to that top position and everything else that happens there from that point to impact and where the ball goes and, and the velocity that that ball tracks with is absolutely yep. first-class brutal power. And uh, I love watching Daniel Gale 
also a full swing kit ambassador, the first one that we had in Australia, to be honest, um, on the range, just going through his motions, practicing, hitting ball flights, low, high, draws, fades. He can do everything. And to see yep. him win, that's his third win this year, two of those wins on the uh, tour, one of the wins in the um, – Sandbelt Invitational, uh, the yep. same win three times. Uh, fantastic. I wish I was there. Hunter Valley, Cessnock, Cypress Lakes, so good to see. Uh, Louis Dobbs in the cafe you know, just off the corner of Vincent Street there. It's the only decent place to get a coffee in Vincent Street. I don't know the name of it, but, you know, the boys obviously found it. Just to see them sitting there posting pictures in my hometown uh, brings a little bit of warmth to my heart. Scott, uh, uh, I wish I was nice. there. I'll be up there yep. in a couple of weeks on the farewell tour, but um, I wasn't there. Cypress Lakes, it's, it was never my uh, happy hunting ground for me. The times that I played it, really interesting, tricky course. I we said this last week because I always found it really tricky, a lot of highs and lows and then a couple of other odd quirky parts to it. But uh, to see Gally yeah. win, um, super, super stuff. Uh, Phoenix Campbell, what a future that guy's got ahead of him. Totally. And, you know, the one that did really look like wanted to go out and try and win it was Killer Kazuma Kabori. Uh, yeah. Wow. What a golfer. What a golfer. Just just didn't quite have the first couple of days sorted, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah. And couldn't quite sink some putts. And, and I think he said, uh, I think I've he, he's used up all of his putts <laughs> <laughs> over the last few weeks. Um, so yeah, not much drop for him. But but uh, yeah, great result. Um, see, Gailey putts with his glove on, Roscoe. I love it. I love it. I'm a glove glove on putter. Challenge me if you want to, but uh, Daniel, oh, yeah. I'll have Daniel Gale oh, swimming. I haven't noticed that before. Daniel Gale swimming in my corner anytime. Glove on. I'm a glove yep. on putter. It doesn't. I've tested it. It does not make it. I've it does it. not. It does the not make. Are in. It does not make one iota of a difference to my yip. All right. I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> Mate, I can glove yip. on or glove off. You are pulling I, that thing left and right, aren't you? I am yipping. Uh, anyway, I've found some new form with the putter. I'm back to the claw. Anytime I find Ooh, a little bit of it, I just change it. Yep. Just go to the claw. Weirdly, the ball rolls straight, goes straight, goes in the hole. The, the putter doesn't do a Will Zalatoris figure of eight. And, yep. um, but yeah, glove on doesn't make any difference to me. But yeah, well, that that, that third win put Gailey into fourth spot of the on the PGA Tour uh, order of merit. So he's jumped ahead of Mika, um, he's jumped ahead of Benny Eccles. So he's now sitting in fourth. But if you take Minwoo out, then uh, the top three looking like getting cards at this point is Kazuma, Brett Coletta, and and uh, Daniel Gale. Hmm. Can't wait to see, can't wait to see it pan out. They are off this week. Uh, they've got the New Zealand Open next week, and then after that, the uh, event down at the uh, the National, the BMW National. event down at the National. Yep. Um, it's going to be great to see who gets the job done and secures those top three cards. You know, Kazuma, I think, is a, a lock, but um, positions two and three, uh, can't, I can't wait to see it. I'm actually really excited for it. New Zealand Open is going to be a big one, not this week, but the next week. Now, I just go, want to go back to last week. Uh, I don't think I tipped him, but I did call him out, uh, mm-hmm. local boy, Corey Lamb. Now, he didn't really figure in the standings there over the weekend, but where he did figure, on Monday they held a uh, qualifier for the New Zealand Open at the Vintage. Yeah, at the Vintage. Uh, Greg Norman design course, isn't it? Greg Norman design course. Um, 
Tush Buyer Flanagan, uh, my brother worked there after the civil contractors did the, bolt, the base shaping. My brother was part of the green team there for basically from that part through to the growing, through to the maintenance. Um, so he's very familiar with that place. I've played there quite a few times. Used to ha- had a big Mercedes-Benz training event up there, 30 cars, all the Mercedes-Benz sales consultants. Is ma- where am I going to host a training event for Mercedes-Benz? Well, I'd better take it to a golf course in my hometown. It was magnificent. So I know the place pretty well. The young fella, Corey Lamb, won the, uh, the yeah. qualifier, which is Short great. 64, yeah. seven under. Brained him. So young Corey Lamb, uh, his uncle used to live on the Uncle Mark Hale. I've talked about Mark Hale before. Legendary Hunter Valley, mad golfer, mad coal miner, playing off plus two, unbelievable golfer. Well, Corey's his um, nephew. Uh, yeah, so so uh, he went out on sort of semi-home track, a young Brankson fella, and uh, took it out. Good. So he's off yeah, to New Zealand cool. Open. Great stuff. Well done, Corey Lamb. You gave no. me a little bit more credibility of some level of tippage that, uh, you know, the form lines stuck true. Well done. Um, yeah. Well, mate, to be honest, like with a, with a name like Lamb, it was kind of expected he would have qualified for the New Zealand Open. Is that, is that a bad sheep joke? Yep. Yeah, it's probably not going to go on. down well with the uh, 2.7% of listeners that uh, reside in New Zealand and apologies to all of you. Well, I mean, it's just, <laughs> I'm just talking in relation to the number of sheep in the country, nothing else, that's oh, all. Okay, yeah. His last name's Lamb and, yeah, that's it. Yeah, okay, yeah, no, that's good. Uh, good luck, Corey Lamb, over there in New Zealand. <laughs> yeah. Uh, good luck to Corey Lamb. Uh, okay. Uh, mate, Asian another tour. tour is back on deck. The LPGA oh, is yes. back on deck. This week in Thailand, so they start their Asian swing. Um, we're over at the Siam Country Club uh, for a no-cut event. We've got 72 players, had two events so far in the LPGA season, Roscoe, and then a big break. If you remember, Lydia Ko and Nelly Corder um, won those two events, so two big-time stars starting out the season for the LPGA with a win. Um, a lot of stars didn't, didn't play in those events, so they're starting their season uh, this week in Thailand. Uh, which is the site of Lilia Vu's maiden win last year. And then we know what kind of year she went on to have. So um, could be another springboard for a, another new winner um, over in Thailand there. We've got a few Aussies in the mix. Gracie Kim, Kempi, Steph Kurikau and uh, Hannah Green. Steph who? Yeah, I thought I'd leave that to you. I knew I'd be messing that up over time, haven't I? <laughs> Kiriaku. said anything, mate. Kiriaku. 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 Uh, I might have said it correctly a couple of times. Kurikau's Kuri- 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 what you ordered the I just wrote Steph Kira. Yeah. Kiriaku. I thought I'd just myself in, but I messed it up. Uh, good luck, Steph Kiriaku. Kiriaku. I'm going to go with Ash Buhai. Okay. Not surprising. Well, I'm a big fan of Ash Buhai. I don't know too much about it. Uh, it's uh, up there at, uh, in Thailand, but um, I'm going to go with Ash. Okay. Assuming she's playing. I might, I've just done a, I might have just done a Scott Carter and put her in and she's not playing. <laughs> Can you check, please? Have we done that twice in one podcast, Roscoe? Is that possible? Might not be the first time. Okay. Well, we, without even looking at the event, I'm going to say that Lydia Ko, uh, I'm going to back Lydia Ko in for another um, another big win and I'm about to tell you that she's not even in the list. Actually, she's not playing. Okay. So... Sorry, sorry, Ash. Um, She's having a break. Sorry, Ash and Lydia. Celine Boutier. There you go. Easy one. Okay. Are you picking that for me? Um, uh, yep. But you'll probably book. You'll probably pick Brooke Henderson, won't you? No, no. I'll pick the uh, Charlie Hull. Charlie Hull. Charlie Hull. Uh, we'll, go, we'll go down the Melbourne theme, and I'll go with Charlie Hull. The only thing I don't like. Oh, it's going to be cool to see what she's wearing too. Oh, it's ma- the some of the gear is magnificent. I was just about to say 
the part that's not magnificent about Charlie's look is the fact that she's got to have the ISPS Hander logo so big on the front yeah. of it. And it's just, you know, the Melbourne logo motif is prominent on their fit. So it's Melbourne across the front and then this big ISPS hander. I just think they've got to get the balance of the ISPS hander, maybe move it to the sleeve or move it somewhere that's just a little bit away from the logo. Still have it big and prominent but just find a new location for it. It's just a bit too close together. But yep. uh, I think uh, it's a great fit product brand-wise and uh, I think Charlie's pretty happy. She's just out there. She was on record the other day saying she's just loving playing golf. She's obsessed with golf. For me, that's a recipe for uh, a winning recipe. So good luck to Charlie this week. Absolutely. Good stuff. And then, yeah, mate, the only live note I had there was uh, the old shark on his soapbox again, whinging about OWGR. That's about it. Oh, um, well, the International Series does uh, kick off again this week uh, at Oman. Oh, it does, yeah. yeah. And actually, I did see there's a long list of live players uh, entering out in that. So yep. that is that's great for uh, Asian Tour, and obviously they're going there to try and get some OWGR points. So <laughs> um, good luck to those guys. Um, but it, that really is good to see a strong field playing in an Asian Tour event for sure. Yeah, and they had the Malaysian Open last week with David Puch uh, won that, so he qualifies for the Open, uh, his win on the Malaysian Open. Uh, again, another player out there trying to reclaim yep. you know, and get access to some of those big events. So he's been playing pretty well, so David Puch, uh, I believe. So good luck to him. Uh, yep. Who we got playing in uh, this event? Uh, a few Australians. We've got Herbie, Herbie and Danny Lee. Uh, Danny Lee from New Zealand, of course. Uh, we've got Matt Jones, um, We've got uh, Wade, we've got Travis Smythe, uh, Kevin Yuan, we've got Zach Muzz, uh, Scotty Hend, uh, Jed Morgan. So Je- interesting to see Jed Morgan's category is live exemption. So he must get a, you know, being that he played all last year on live, which I guess precluded him from playing other tours, he must have an Asian tour live exemption for some of the international series, which I think is pretty good. That's good. Uh, Dan Lawson, um Justin Warren, Aaron Wilkin. So some of the uh, Asian Tour qualifiers are into this. Harrison Crow got the call up. Uh, he finished. Ah. Play, he finished play at the Webex. Uh, got the call on the weekend. Uh, I was with with uh, one of his um, former. I'm not sure if he's still a boss, but uh, uh, Craig from Stanmore, Drummer Golf Stanmore, where Harrison has worked for many many a shift. Uh, as Drummer Golf uh, tends to support a lot of professional golfers, Harrison's uh, been one of the staff. We've had him. Uh, on video before um yeah he got the call sort of sunday and was on a plane monday and uh so he got one of the last spots i think he was like 35th in the order of reserve uh list and then got that call that he he was in so um good on him he's gone across there which is which is great and uh maverick antcliffe also um we talked about jamie at the start maverick's been doing some work with uh jamie for the last year or so so it's good to see maverick playing over there yeah it's good to see some of those Aussie guys that you know are trying to do big things in the world, and uh, otherwise we we you know, wouldn't really see them uh, on big tours. But it's going to be great to uh, tune in and see if we can see them. And uh, good luck to all those good players. Stuff. You got a tip? You got to tip someone for the Asian Tour uh, International Series. Shout out to Blakey; he's up there officiating. Uh, big friend, Ooh. Golf Rules Questions uh, podcast. I know there'll be uh, the rules will be upheld then. Still, um, the, still the only man I ever know to ping a player for a slow play time. <laughs> On a tour that seemingly doesn't matter. <laughs> okay, here we go. Absolute bolter for me, Roscoe. Um, don't, don't put any money on it, but Matthew Wolf. Okay. Well, I can't go with Matthew Wolf. Um, I can't go with Hudson Swafford. Uh, I can't go with. You uh, can't go with. I'm going to go with Brandon Grace. Here we go. Okay. Don't put any money on that either. Okay. 
Um, is that it? You got you got That's tea it, mate. Yeah, you got tea time. I got tea time, so we better I better wrap this up and uh, get it out. And um, I'll see you. I'll see you next week, Scott. Right. Wish me luck see for next week. Wish me luck for the Drum and Golf Awards, and I uh, wish all the other Drum and Golf and Big Swing Golf uh, franchisees uh, the best of luck. But uh, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm hoping to be able to. You, mate. I've... Have you got your victory speech ready? Or no, actually, no, don't tell me because you will put the monster on at the end. But uh, no. uh, mate, good luck with it. We'll be um, crossing the fingers and wishing you all the best. Do you honestly think, after everything that we just talked about, how this rolls, that I would rock up onto a stage with about five hundred people in the room and have a prepared speech? <laughs> no. No. Is the answer to that, but I uh, wish me luck nonetheless, and I'll take it. Thank you very much, uh, everyone. Thanks for listening. Uh, it's always a lot of fun having you listen to us, and uh, thanks. And until next week, uh, we'll see you on the My Love of Golf podcast. <laughs>